Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you an author and speaker that I've connected with on many occasions, and finally, we're getting around to sharing him with you. His name is Brian Basilico. He's the author of It's Not About You, It's About Bacon, Relationship Marketing in a Social Media World. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Connie. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. So now, I'm in California right now, and you are in Illinois. Is that correct? That's right. I'm from Aurora, Illinois. Wayne's World, party on, excellent. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> now, where is that in relation to Chicago, which is, I guess, the only thing I know in Chicago, in Illinois? Yeah, it's 30 miles due west. If you just oh. take, yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, it's about an hour drive out of Chicago. Okay, all right. So I guess I should have heard of that more because I know Evanston and Winnetka. I know some other places around there, but just never had had heard of Aurora. I guess maybe I'm the only one in the world. No, not at all. There's a lot of people who haven't heard of it, and they was confused with Aurora, Colorado, too. So, oh, that's right, that's right. So I do, I do know where that is. All right. So you are an internationally recognized author and speaker, as as I am, and I think we need to really pat ourselves on the back on a, on a regular basis about that and be proud of that accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I really do. You feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And also, you say you're a self-professed geek. So tell me what that means, because I I aspire to geek them. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been I've been a geek since I was a little kid. As a matter of fact, I was um I remember building toys for myself. I would make paper airplanes and build like a battleship out of a cardboard box and then fly the paper airplanes off there and ever since I was a little kid, I always loved tinkering with electronics. I actually have a degree in electronics uh oh. as a technician. So, I've been doing like marketing and and electronic stuff since uh, probably about 15 years old. I, I ran a recording studio in my dad's basement. I worked as a video producer for AT&T. I uh, also opened a commercial recording studio where we did all of the Avon Lady cassettes for all the Avon ladies across the United States. Jingles, radio commercials, uh, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. Then I worked as a programmer. I sold that company, actually, to another company where I worked as a programmer on CD-ROMs and websites and flash animation. Went to work for Arthur Anderson for a while in their training facility, um, creating really high-end training programs, and then went to work for an ad agency working as a, a web marketer, meaning I was selling banner ads and doing websites and stuff like that. And then I opened up this company 15 years ago, B2B Interactive Marketing, to do online marketing, and, and that's pretty much so. I've, I've been a programmer geek all my life. So we can't call you a slacker, I guess, by by any stretch of the imagination. No, no slack in this life. <laughs> boy, boy, you, you've been doing just so, so very much. Well, how did you get the idea? How did the, the Bacon book, I'll call it, and for people that are that are listening, I want you to go over to ConnieLoves.me forward slash Bacon and pick up your copy. It's a must read. How did you get the idea for that? Well, I started out writing a how-to book on social media, and about halfway through the book, I realized that everything I wrote was obsolete already, so I decided (laughs) to change the concept and make it a why-to book so that people understood, you know, basic marketing principles, because one of the first jobs, and I talk about this in the first chapter, one of the first jobs I had 
was working in a shoe store, and we used to keep everybody's information on these little metal plates that we could put through a machine that would put them on postcards to remind them when they needed new shoes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so at a very early age, I learned you know, the art of relationship marketing and getting to know people, bringing them back into a store, you know, becoming familiar to them. So the the whole concept of the book is really based around defining what know, like, and trust is, and then also taking that and then showing how to integrate social media with it at the same time. So in, in my world, the know is when you get to meet people people face-to-face, like we got to know each other at NAMS. Yeah. And, yeah. and I loved it because the first NAMS I went to, I jumped in as an aide. And even the second one, which I spoke at, I, I was an aide. And that gave me the opportunity to get up close and, and personal with the speakers in a way that no other way could have. you know. And that was really important to me. So that no portion is you get to meet them face-to-face, and then we build these relationships online, and that's where the like portion happens. So now you know we get to know more about you. I know you live in Santa Clarita. I listen to your podcast. You know, I know a lot about your life, that you were a teacher, that you um, did real estate for a while. So, you know, I got to, to connect up with you and get to know you better by using those online tools. And then the trust factor is where transa- uh, transactions happen. So, you know, you trust me enough because we've spoken enough times to bring me on your radio show, which I'm very thankful for. So that's that's what the Know, Like, and Trust does. And social media helps us build those relationships online. So that's that's the the genesis of the book. Now let me tell you the whole bacon thing. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, we're interested in the bacon. Yeah, the bacon. Actually, today, the day we're recording this, is National Bacon Lovers Day, if you did not know that. Oh, no, um, I did not know that. It is. Um, but the whole bacon thing actually started, I was giving a speech in L.A., at uh, a conference, Craft and Hobby Association, with a couple of my um, partners. And these partners are people that actually uh, worked with me in my recording studio. They worked at Ben Franklin Crafts in their marketing department, and now they're speakers on the national circuit. They brought me out there to speak on social media. And Georgianne, the lady, uh, it's Rich and Georgianne, and Georgianne says, I'm going to go on Twitter, and I'm going to say, giving this speech at CHALA 2012, hashtag bacon, and by the time we're done with this speech, I'll have 10 new followers. And I said, what? Because uh, I didn't, I wasn't a huge Twitter fan at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we finished the speech an hour later, she was completely wrong. She had 20 new followers. And I'm going, <laughs> what's with the hashtag bacon? What does that do? So what I started doing is I do a lot of uh, local networking, like you're in Rotary. I'm in you know a whole bunch of different groups and work in chambers of commerce and things like that. So at breakfast meetings, I started taking pictures of bacon. People, you know, on a plate <laughs> and people and putting it up on Facebook. And then, you know, friends are contacting me saying, dude, do you have a prepaid plan with your cardiologist? It's like, <laughs> no, because what they didn't understand, it was OPB. It was other people's bacon. <laughs> I, I love it. So I started doing that and it just snowballed. People kept putting pictures of bacon on my wall on Facebook and it, they found all these obscure things. And as I was writing the book, I actually titled the book originally, It's Not About You, It's About Relationship Marketing in a Social Media World. And I was sitting down at a client meeting with a client. She looks at me. She goes, no, the title of your book, It's Not About You, It's About Bacon. And I went, wow, you're right. <laughs> and, and that's the that's evolution great. of how it all started. Oh, that's great. That's that's exciting and it's fun and it's an interesting story and uh, people will remember it. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that that's real important because you know it's it's part of storytelling, and we really remember people by their stories. Like Abraham uh, Lincoln, we remember that somebody left their change a few cents, and he walked several miles to return the money, and that showed how honest he was. So that's that's the kind of thing that we really uh, you know want to want to pursue in our own businesses. Well, now what do you do in your business? Are you because uh, you talked a little bit about what you're doing, but but exactly like are you coaching people or what is your business model? Well, I, I do a handful of things. I would say the cornerstone of my business is I call myself an online marketing coach. Um, so part of that is. I find clients that really need to get their presence found better. And that could start everything from building websites for people to teaching them how to use social media. That's that's probably the, the core clients that I have are ones that I'm, I'm setting up technology for them and then coaching them through how to use this. And an example is uh, working with a uh, one person is a realtor who um, just really wasn't getting the presence that she needed, but she had an incredible brand because she all she sells is homes for seniors that need to move into uh, some assisted living facility. And then she brings in a whole team to manage everything that needs to be done, um, you know, helping them pack, helping them downsize, doing the estate sale, uh, taking care of repairs that maybe the house needed because it you know was neglected and stuff like that, working with the family, you know working with the kids to make sure that mom and dad are taken care of and that kind of stuff um, that 's one instance of somewhere where i 'm going in helping her to build a presence on Facebook on LinkedIn on Twitter on Pinterest, and all that stuff to build her brand online. Another type of client that I work with is somebody who does which is a very obscure business he does barcode testing and mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something something you don't think about, but as I got to know him and we started to define, you know, his niche, we realized we actually broke his niche down into four different sections. We have the, what we call the 101, 201, 301, and 401. Now, the 101 are people that are just learning about barcodes. The 201s are people that have been working in barcodes, but really need a little bit more education. The 301s are the ones that are shipping like huge shipments to Walmart because if a barcode doesn't work and you're shipping them to all these Walmarts, it could cost, it could basically bankrupt the company. So they have to be very specific about that. And then the 401s are the people that uh, are doing pharmaceuticals. And pharmaceuticals, I mean, if, if barcodes go wrong on that and people start dying, you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. So, we figured out a way to niche him out using uh, blogging and um, converting. And, and a lot of the things that you teach is, you know, he's he's written blogs to each one of those groups. And then we've converted each one of those into um, ebooks that now he's using as freemiums to try to draw more people into his mix. And then he's selling, you know, his services as a tester and equipment and all of this stuff. And he's been able to grow his business from about, he had about, 400 visitors a month on his website to over 3,000 visitors a month, and his in- income has increased like 50%. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think it's you know it's a good example of how there's really so much that we can offer people based on our background, our experience, our interest, things like that, and that it's really important to go out there and you know seek out the people that you really want to get connected with. You know, I, I do some corporate work. I don't talk a lot about it, but it sounds like you'd be perfect for that. Do you do you do that at all? 
Yeah, the corporate work that I do is primarily LinkedIn training. I go to sales offices and I basically help them align their marketing and their sales team and get them to have more unified communications and help them grow their business that way. So that's one of the places that I do spend a lot of time. Yeah, because I really love working with the corporations when they when they understand that we have a different perspective because of what we're doing online. Then it's very exciting. It's just it's a wild ride once you get to work with them and really show them different things that will help them in a big way because a lot of them seem like they just they're they're hearing these things for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of funny that way how that how that works. Yeah, and with the corporations too. I mean, one of the things I mean, I like working with small businesses, but a lot of small businesses don't really understand ROI, and they have a harder time getting a handle on it. As a matter of fact, one of my my new monikers in my business is I only work with people that can read a balance sheet because I want them <laughs> to be able to get the concept right of you know hey, there is a return on this and it's an investment. I always say that coaching is an investment, uh, and you should get something out of it. Even marketing is an investment. You should make money from marketing. It should never be an expense. With corporations, though, they're already looking at budgets and balance sheets and things like that. And if you can show them that by changing their perspective on things and maybe doing a little couple of things differently, that they can increase their sales by you know ten to fifteen percent. That's huge margins for them, and that's that's where they get it. You know, so that's why I love working with them too. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, because there's something about you know working with somebody, whether it's a small startup, a small group of people like that, or just a, a solopreneur. It's really very rewarding, I think, to to help them take their business to a level that they didn't even know existed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. All right. Well, I want to ask you. So, there, I have so many questions for you because you you do so many amazing things, and I I can't believe that we didn't connect uh, longer ago than than now. But um, what I really want to know is, do you have? Are you creating information products? And then I have another question that's even bigger than that one. But are you creating information products based on what you're doing? Yes, I have four information products, and they're already created. One is called uh, Social Media Success Success Secrets. Say that three times fast. Um, <laughs> The other one is Google for Business, which covers uh, – so the social media one covers all the major platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and then goes into a little bit of the whys and, and actually shows people how to utilize those. The Google one covers all the Google platform stuff. So it's Google for Business, Google Analytics, AdWords, AdSense. Um, just gives a broad brush overview so they can understand all the properties and how they integrate. The next one that I've created is one called Blog for Business, which actually teach people how to write blogs, how to do good headlines, how to do great opening statements, and then where to post them to get the largest uh, audience. Like, for example, what I've learned in my blog is, and I know you're syndicated a lot too, is my blog is syndicated to something called Business to Community. And then Business to Community will take some of my blogs and actually sell them to Yahoo Small Business. So there's times where some of my blogs are hitting a million people a week. And that's huge, you know. So I teach yeah. people those techniques. And then the fourth one I created with uh, Natalie Collins, who you also know from NAMS, yeah. um, called Working with Virtual Assistants which you love virtual assistants. I love virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really how to, what is a virtual assistant, how to write an RFP, how to find them, where to find them, what kind of tools can you use, what can they do, what can't they do. And I've built all of those as kind of like a core for my business as a coach because these are the things that I want to teach my clients how to use. So a lot of my coaching clients get all of those 
and I also sell them individually so that they can do self-paced training and learn all the things that is, has made me successful, and then they can use those tools, too, to get to the same place. Yes, I do the same thing where I end up creating things that will be good for my, my current clients, and then that brings in new clients that you know find out about me because of it, and the, the whole thing snowballs, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So, um, what I really want to ask you, because you do some things with, uh, you know, you're a numbers person, which is mm-hmm. important. And it's funny. I was a numbers person, came online and became more creative, more left brain, and now getting or more right brain rather. And now I'm getting back to that left brain stuff, the numbers that are so so important. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know is, what do you think about uh, Periscope? It's kind of brand new, and I've been doing things with it. And I want to know if you're doing something with it. What do you think? I, I'm actually on there. I haven't done my first Periscope yet. I've been watching what other people do, so I can kind of get a sense of how they're utilizing it. Um, but I like it. I like it a lot. And, um, you know, just like Instagram is to Twitter, you know, I think Periscope and Meerkat is something that is kind of counteracting what's happening in Facebook, because Facebook is huge in the video now, too. I just think Periscope is more of a there seems like there's a lot of engagement, but it's just more of a direct video chat thing. The the I would say the only limitation about it is that it's it's phone based only, or, or I don't know if there's a tablet component to it yet. I have it on no, my phone. No, there's something that's paid. It's a dollar ninety nine. I paid for it, but I'm still not sure how, how I'm yeah. going to use that. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea when I paid the the dollar ninety nine, but yeah, I I agree that that seems to be a drawback. Yeah, we have. I uh, believe me, I've got a lot of apps in my graveyard too. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, that you pay for. But yeah, it, it's it's a drawback, but it's a plus because there's a lot of people on there. So I I think Periscope has got some legs. But like anything else, um, it's it's kind of an on-demand thing. It tells you that Connie's online now, and and it kind of is disruptive in the fact that you're jumping on there and watching what's going on. Um, and I haven't played around with it enough. I mean, does it record it and keep it for a while that you can get on there and do stuff with it, or is it just live stuff and you're done? Well, that's interesting. So through Periscope, they're only keeping it for 24 hours. Right. And so somebody on Facebook, I guess, had sent out a link to their recent Periscope. This was early on, back in April or something. And when I went to see it, it was at a site called Catch with a K dot me. And when I looked, I thought, oh, I bet this is archiving them more. So I have, I think, four or five periscopes that are at catch with a K, K-A-T-C-H dot me forward slash Connie Green. And if you go there, some of those have been there for a month. Oh, awesome. Yes, yeah, so yeah, never, so I've never heard of that. That's, that's Yeah, cool. yeah. And it was just by chance that I saw that and it said log in or sign up. And I thought, hmm, perhaps I'll sign up and see. Because, yes, I didn't see the true value if they weren't going to archive it. And I thought, but how could they archive that that type you know that amount of data it's just too much it is yeah for them to do so i think i think it's really very very interesting all right well i teach people to really make a business out of their book and i always like to give myself a ten thousand dollar advance with every book that i write Mm -hmm. courses doing things like that how are you really putting your book to work in a bigger way than just really giving you that credibility and visibility And it, it, it probably is mostly that is just having the book really got me on the map where people started looking at me a lot differently. See, I, I agree with you a lot. I mean, I invested a lot in my book. I spent about $5,000, and my goal was to sell a 1,000 of them. I doubled that. So I made my money back and then some. But I hired some incredible people. I mean, you see the cover. It was done by one of the best book designers I've ever met. Um, you know, hired a um, – since it was self-published – 
I hired a really good editor, proofers, indexers, all that kind of stuff, and really invested heavily in getting the word out there. Now I use it primarily as a 300-page business card to give me credibility to get higher-end jobs with clients. And that to me is – that's where the payback comes is when you walk into a corporation and you're a published author – even trying to get speaking gigs, uh, you, having that book adds that level of credibility that really gets you to the next level, and that that's the way I use it. Another thing that I did, which I, I think I mentioned to you when we were together at NAMS, is uh, that little Bacon Bits book was actually a culmination. I blogged, as I was writing the book, uh, a 50-word blog a day for a year, 365 of them. And then I hired a virtual assistant to go through and categorize them, and then we picked the best 101 and turned that into a 101 relationship marketing tips. And that's kind of my giveaway book. So that's something that I do a lot of is you know just use the giveaway book and stuff like that. So, okay, and I see also that you have a uh, workbook and guide. How did you come up with that? Was that pr- uh, published simultaneously? It was actually published after the book came out because when the book first came out, I kept getting comments from people saying, this book is so awesome. Thank you very much. Um, but there's not enough room to write all the notes that I need to write. And so I happened to work with a workbook designer who's local. And she went through the entire book for me and created that workbook. And that was published like about six months after the book came out as a companion to it, which is uh, that's something that I give away. If I'm, if I'm giving a presentation where the books are part of the presentation, then I usually include that in there because it's more of a study guide that helps people to really create their own plan. I love it. I love it because I had not seen anything like that before. Um, or maybe I did, but in, in different areas where people, I don't know, there's something I was studying once and it came with a study mm-hmm. guide, but, but not books like what we're, what we're doing. So I love that idea. I think it's, it's fantastic, and uh, I applaud you for doing that. Thank you. And, and part of the, the methodology behind that, too, is I teach at different universities, and I actually have taught via Skype to other universities, and as I was doing that, I'm saying, this could be a perfect college course for people just getting into social media. Why not put a workbook together with it and then sell them as a set to colleges who want to teach this? Yes, yes. Another wonderful idea. And, you know, people that are listening, you know, I want you to know that Brian is doing exactly what I teach, the book, blog, uh, podcast trifecta. So you're like living proof that this really does work and that it's an excellent idea and uh, you're really you know, making it happen for yourself. So I love that. Well, and I loved when I heard you talk about that the first time. It's like, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is really um, – my perspective with that, with the book, the blog, and the podcast is is that there's – People in different audiences that you can reach different ways. So there are certain people that will listen to the podcast that generally won't read the blog. And there's other people that will read the blog that won't listen to the podcast. What I do is I I utilize the same content for both. So I'm reaching a wider audience with the same content. And it's been very successful. As a matter of fact, repurposing the blog, um, even turning those into LinkedIn posts has been a huge boon. I mean, I just did one this week that was seen by well over a thousand people, most of whom never heard of me. So, you know, that's that's a great way. I, I'm huge. I love when you talk about repurposing content and, you know, uh, getting things transcribed. And that's something I'm doing with my blogs now is I've got a transcription service that's going through and doing, or my podcast, excuse me, is going through and doing those. So it's just generate more content, great stuff, and people will eventually, you know, 
kind of get the idea that you may know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, plus it really feeds into the different learning modalities that people have. Some people like to see things, some people like to touch them, other people want to hear things. With me, the ideal learning environment for me is to have something written in front of me, and I like it physical, so I want that, that tactile, and then I want to listen to it simultaneously. So an MP3 and a PDF I can print out or a paperback book, those things are just really you know, perfect for me, and everybody has something different. Yeah, and I love that. And with my background in recording studios and, you know, doing voiceovers and stuff, I mean, I love doing the podcast and, you know, I love recording things, you know, on my Mac. It's just the technology has gotten so incredibly easy compared to the way it used to be. You know, when I owned oh, yeah. my, my recording studio, I had a quarter million dollars worth of gear and five employees, you know, made a half million dollars in that. And now you can do the same thing on an iPhone app. It's just it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, which really why, you know, I was excited about Periscope because I thought, yeah, let's, you know, let's see what this is about and how we really can use this because it was so expensive to do any type of, uh, of, of live streaming in the past. Right. So it's a fantastic opportunity for us. So, yeah, you should, uh, you should come to, to one of my events. I, I think people would, would love to hear you and... Uh, I have one coming up in October in Los Angeles. So I would absolutely love to. I mean, it, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've got uh, I've got a ton of events, including um, about a month from now, I'm going to be marrying my niece and her uh, fiance. I had to get uh, ordained as a minister to do that, but that's going to be a lot of fun down in Indianapolis. So oh, wonderful! Uh, I, I'm so glad you finished the sentence because you started it with you were going to be marrying your niece. I, I know. Thought, Wait, wait, wait. Illinois has different rules that I'm, I'm not sure of. <laughs> no, not that close to Tennessee or whatever. I don't know. No, I, I've learned. I kept saying marrying my niece because she's, I mean, I've known her since she was in diapers. I have to get the fiance in there so people understand. Yes, yes. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, per, perhaps um, practicing rewording that sentence might yeah. be <laughs> That's too funny. I love teasing you. Thank you. <laughs> that's great. You're a good, I love you're a good sport. fun. <laughs> All right, so you must pick up Brian's book and grab the workbook while you're there. Go to ConnieLoves.me forward slash bacon. And, you know, I want you, Brian, can you leave our, our audience, which, which is primarily new and newer entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs specifically, can you leave them with some words of wisdom of how they really could get started or why they shouldn't give up? Just, just what do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I've given two words of wisdom. First and foremost, um, it takes time. To, to learn how to do a lot of stuff. And there's so many different things that we have to learn how to do. But one of the things that I've learned to do over the years is reinvent myself. So consider this not, you know, messing with change. You're just reinventing yourself like a butterfly from a cocoon. You know, it's, it's, you've got to spend time on that. The second thing I really want to leave your audience with is you are your brand. You're in charge of your brand. You need to grab it by the horns and you need to shout it out to the world, but you need to do it in a way that people want to hear. So take charge of your own brand, whether it's your business or yourself, and make sure that you're in charge of your message. Don't let other people take control of it for you. Excellent, excellent. I love it. Thank you so much for being being here with us today. Oh, you know it was my pleasure. I loved it, Connie. So great to talk to you. <laughs> yes, you as well. All right, this is Connie Reagan-Green from Huge Profits, tinylist.com, with another call in the podcast series, be sure to visit my site so that you can see the post that I write that's in connection and conjunction with the podcast. So that's something that I teach, the blog podcast link there. And you can find out more about getting your uh, complimentary subscription to all of the calls in this series. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye, Brian.
Bye-bye.